Welcome to Three Rounds. I'm Michael Fumafredo filling in for Will Simons. He's a little bit under the weather today, but joining me today, I have Ben Cohen and Justin Patrill. Guys, we were talking about this before the show. Huge East Coast presence right now. I'm from New York. Ben's over here from Rhode Island. And Justin, you're from Philly. A lot of good football being played right now for our teams. Ben, you are a Bills fan, sitting at 6 1 right now. Uh, the consensus number one team, according to most uh, power rankings. And Justin, your team, the Eagles, right behind them. They are the only undefeated team left in the league. But people still rank the Bills higher than them. So I'm going to start with you. W- what's going on with that? Do you think the Eagles are better than the Bills based on record? Or do you think the Bills still have them? Well, no one's going to give the Eagles the respect that they deserve because everybody says they haven't played anybody so far in their six wins. But, I mean, Vikings, I think we can all agree they're a pretty good team, and they took care of them pretty handedly. Uh, The Cowboys, Cowboys are a little bit up in the air. I mean, Cooper Rush won them four games. Uh, There's a lot of questions about Dak Prescott. But even so, even though it did get close at the end, uh, Eagles still took care of business. Cardinals, again, one of those coin toss teams. I feel like they do have the potential to be great, but there's just a lot of internal turmoil with that um, organization. And even though the Eagles won on a miracle miss, uh, they still won. They still took care of business. So I feel like the Eagles do deserve a lot more credit than they are getting. They are 6-0. They're the only undefeated team. They have a top 5-0 line. All All that I was criticizing, and a lot of Phillies fans were criticizing, is that Jalen Hurts is the main problem. Can he get it done? And so far, he's proven to me that he is one of the MVP leading candidates. This offense is top five. Howie Roseman, the GM, went ballsy, went to get uh, A.J. Brown, spending that first round pick. Devontae Smith is a dog. I love Quez Watkins. This O-line is sensational. The running game, terrific. And the defense, the defense is on fire. They have, the, in my opinion, the best corner duo, Darius Slay and James Bradbury. They have C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who they got uh, on the offseason, who's been sensational. And then their only little weakness was the D-line. They weren't getting as much pressure. The sacks were okay. So what did they do? Spend a fourth rounder. Let's get Robert Quinn. I mean, this Eagles team, I think, is the favorites in the NFC. And look out. And you said that this secondary is probably the best? According to Pro Football Focus, they are the best, one and two right now. Well, I think they do have the best corner duo. I think their safeties are a little bit, like, I think the Bills have better safeties with Jordan Poyer and Micah High. But that corner duo, like, you're just not getting anything by them. Jarius Slay, he's just on lockdown. He'll take your number one out any day. Like we saw in the Vikings game, Justin Jefferson, what do you have, like, under 50 yards? He was nowhere to be found. And then James Bradbury, when you throw to him... It's not going to be good either. By the way, thank you, Giants, for giving him to us. I appreciate that. And I'm looking at your schedule coming up. There's five games that should be cakewalk for the Eagles. Absolutely. And then Tennessee, another one. You're playing them at home. Potential to start the season 12-0 and before you face the Giants in yeah. East Rutherford. Yeah. But, Ben, I'm going to switch it over to you now. Are you a little bit nervous that if the Eagles go 12-0 and to start the year that people are going to start recognizing them as the best team in the league? Nervous might be the wrong word because I'm looking at this Eagles schedule and I don't think they're going to go undefeated because going, you know, 16-0 and used to be insane going 17-0 and now. Um, I wonder when that's going to happen for the first time. But you look at the schedule, you look at the roster, I agree with you. The Eagles are a fantastic football team. Um, 
Uh, also, as a Jalen Hurts fantasy owner, I'm happy about it. <laughs> and they're also a, a step or two behind the Bills in their rebuild process. Um, and if you look at the stage in Jalen Hurts' career that he's at, he's in that breakout year. And I saw that two years ago with Josh Allen. And there's just a bit of an experience that you have to get, bef get before you're considered that number one team in the league. I think when it comes to the Eagles, their biggest advantage is that they play in the NFC. And part of it is that their schedule is light, like we've been talking about. But also their main competition, is, I would say, is if Dak Prescott comes back and becomes good in the Cowboys and if the Bucks figure it out. And those are two ifs. I think the Bucks will figure it out, and and but they will be having to play in Philly in that supposed hypothetical NFC Championship game where, as a Bills fan, even though I believe the Bills are the best team in the league, I'm not going to be talking about the Super Bowl yet because until the Bills beat the Chiefs, I'm not going to talk about the Super Bowl because the Bills have to beat the Chiefs first. Well, you did. You did. Uh, doesn't matter. The Bills beat the Chiefs in the regular season last year, too. They actually destroyed the Chiefs in the regular season last year. But it doesn't matter until they do it in the playoffs. I believe that they will. I believe the Bills are the better team. And shifting back to the Eagles, to me, the, the fact that the Eagles and the Chiefs, you can probably pick one at two and one at three, and I could, I could believe you either way, is a testament to the Eagles. And I think is a testament, is, is proof that the Eagles are being given the respect that they deserve because the Chiefs are a fantastic football team and there's a chasm after those those top three to the rest to the rest of the teams in the league right now. But when you look at the Bills, yeah, there's some weakness um, in the run game, but they've got the best player in the league in Josh Allen. Um, and if it's not Josh Allen, it's Patrick Mahomes, but that's a, you know, who, whatever, whoever you want to argue, you can argue. The Eagles have that corner duo. The Bills are the best defense in the league too. Uh, and the fact that the Eagles and the Bills both have top five units on both sides is why they're both so great. But when you talk about the Bills with their defensive line with Von Miller and Greg Russo on the other side and then Ed Oliver in the middle and then Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano, that duo, uh, that linebacker duo. And then also you talk about how they've been doing this without Tredavious White, who's not going to be back this week against the Green Bay Packers, but should be back the week after. We're talking about an all-pro safety that hasn't played yet this year. And they've been rolling out a second-year rookie seventh-round uh, corner and then two other rookies as their top three corners this year with largely fantastic results. And Micah hides out for the year, unfortunately. Jordan Poyer has missed some time and has still the Bills have still been fantastic. Um, I believe tr Ed Oliver's missed a few games. Um, the defensive line has been kind of banged up. And still, despite that, and despite... The fact that the Bills have played a really tough schedule as well. They're 6-1. and one. The game that they lost in Miami was kind of a fluke. Uh, they outgained them like 500 to 175 in yards or something stupid like that. Listen, you win some, you lose some. It, I'm not here to say that the Bills should be 7-0 or whatever. Um, what I am here to say is that the Bills have some easier games coming up. And... I'm not going to count out Aaron Rodgers on Sunday Night Football just because he's Aaron Rodgers. But if you're looking at the Bills' schedule, the team they play teams like the Packers and the ja uh, the Jaguars and the Lions, and there are some wins on that schedule. And I think as much as the Eagles have some wins coming up as well, the Bills are that are going to be that consensus team until they face the Chiefs in the playoffs, and then 
hopefully this time the Chiefs have to come to Orchard Park, and hopefully this time there'll be a different result. Well, you do have two games against the Jets coming up, but that's a, <laughs> that's a topic for another day. We are, as fun as it is to talk about the East Coast right now, we are a West Coast show, and we are a Pac-12 show. Pac-12 football right now is probably the best it's ever been in my four or five years of watching Pac-12 being at USC. I said on Monday on ATVN that USC definitely has a route to the college football playoff as much as the committee doesn't respect the, the conference, as much as they dropped five spots after losing to Utah, as much as they got jumped by Tennessee because Tennessee beat Alabama and USC didn't really play anybody. I want to get your guys' opinion. Is the route there for USC, or are we just delusional Trojan fans? We're delusional Trojans fans. I think it's when we lost to Utah. I think that was the one game that we had to win in order to keep our season alive. I mean, yes, we still got UCLA to play, but again, like our schedule is pretty easy. We got who Arizona this week, Colorado, UCLA, Notre Dame, who has fallen off completely. They don't know what they're doing at quarterback. I mean... The Pac-12 is definitely playing a lot better. Oregon's on fire. U- UCLA, they're, they're good. Uh, USC, of course. Utah, they got a great, great team. Their offense was lighting it up against uh, USC. And I don't know. I just don't think there's a route. Again, like you said, the college football playoff committee does not uh, favor the Pac-12 whatsoever. I feel like USC had to go undefeated in order to have a chance to make the playoff because, like you said, Georgia, they're a lock. Ohio State, they're a lock. I like Clemson a lot. Alabama's still very much in it. Michigan, undefeated still. Tennessee, the surprise of the uh, the surprise of the college football season. I just I don't see how USC can make it to the college football playoff. I think they could get a very nice bowl game, which would be a huge step in the right direction compared to four and eight last year. But playoff, I think that ship has sailed when they lost to Utah. Well, the whole problem with that is you talked about winning against UCLA. That puts USC in the Pac-12 championship game. They're either going to play Utah again on a neutral field, not Pac-12 refs, as, because we know that was a huge controversy about that game, or they play a top-10 Oregon team. The only way I see USC missing the playoffs, or not having a chance really, I could see them still missing the playoffs, winning both of those games, the only way they are completely out of it is if Clemson and TCU go undefeated. That's I'm, the only way they're out. If T- TCU or Oklahoma State slip up somewhere, I think USC gets that four spot, or it's at least a conversation between them, between Michigan, between Tennessee, who the latter two, they don't play in the conference championship game. At that point, it's... Based off a record, which they'll all have the same record, and resume, which USC has a better resume than. Listen, we are delusional USC fans. Let's get oh, that 100%. Out of the way. That <laughs> being but I'm not said, saying there's not a chance. That being said, I completely agree with you. There's absolutely a chance. I know that there's that bias against the Pac 12, and sometimes there's a better reason for it than others. This year, there are four really good Pac 12 teams. We're talking about a At UC- one point there was five. Yeah. With Washington. Yeah. yeah. We're talking about a UCLA team that before they lost last week, we were talking about, wait, they're better than Utah. They just beat Utah. Now you now USC, this is before the USC's lost to Utah. Um now USC has to go to the Rose Bowl and play UCLA. That's the big game of the season. We've been thinking about Utah this whole time. Of course, then USC goes and loses to Utah. 
And now UCLA is back to maybe the fourth best team in the Pac-12. So yeah, there's a bias against the Pac-12 historically, but you'd like to think that that bias would be mitigated this year by having four really good Pac-12 teams. And if USC is able to come out uh, having gone two and one against these really good uh, these really good teams, whether it's another win against Utah or a win against Oregon in the Pac-12 championship, and again, let's get there first. But that's a resume like you were talking about, Michael, and <coughs> I'm saying there's a chance. Look, the pa- I'm looking at the rankings right now for this week's top 25. The ACC has two teams. The Big 12 has two teams. The uh, Big 10 has three teams. The SEC has four. The Pac-12 has four. Don't say this is a pushover division anymore. No, there are some good teams. The only problem is they're beating up each other instead yep. of... The other teams in the division that, like, the SEC usually does. Yeah. But what I one last thing to leave this on, because we're we're shooting for the stars and we're admitting that despite the fact that we're delusional, there's a chance, is that if USC goes and beats UCLA next week, please, please, please. That's in, like, three weeks. Yeah. You got oh, plenty of time. Okay, never mind. But still, <laughs> please, please, please. Um, yeah, I jumped the gun a little bit with that one. Uh very excited for it obviously but and then let's say you go win the Pac-12 championship maybe you don't make the playoffs but what a season that is no don't let the don't let the heads being in the clouds get distract from the fact that like you said Justin this team was four and eight last year and when we were talking about you know four and oh USC uh, a month or two back talking about, oh, the defense isn't there yet. You can only rebuild one unit in a year. It wasn't making excuses for this USC team. It was pointing out that they're a, a couple months into this new, regime, completely yeah. new regime identity uh, turnover and making a, a prestigious bowl game, let alone winning a Pac-12 that hasn't been this difficult in ages is an incredible achievement. And the fact that USC needs to get back to the point where that's not an incredible achievement doesn't change the fact that it is right now. And it's not anything to scoff at. And it will have been a very successful season. But before that, they've got to go and take care of business. Yep. Yep. So, look, the the way I just see it, real quick, before we get into this, this isn't a season where it's oh cool USC made the Rose Bowl it's USC potentially got snubbed from the college football playoff they ended up in the Rose Bowl but yeah at the end of the day I'll probably be upset in the first couple months following that but the realization is this team is there it's here to stay USC fans are going to love it and the Big Ten's going to love it when there's a 12 team playoff approaching and you have Ohio State Michigan playing their best football. Then you throw in USC, Penn State, UCLA even. Yeah. It's going to look like a powerhouse of a division that probably rivals the SEC. One last thing. I just got to ask you guys, because if we're still believing that USC still has a road to the playoff, again, they have to get by four teams just to make the four slot. Michigan, they're going to play Ohio State. Now, would the college football playoff put more respect on USC, even though Michigan lost to one of the best teams of the country? Clemson, they have a pretty easy schedule, so I think they're going to be a lot to go undefeated. 
Alabama, again, I think Alabama is a much better team than USC. They lost to the third best team in the country. And if they do end up making the um, SEC championship, who would it be against? Georgia. That's such a rabbit hole that we don't have time to go down to today. I would say, though, every time the Pac-12 has had a representative in the college football playoff, they've had a loss. Yeah. So the route is there. I think the committee, at the end of the day, will value resume over the eye test. But I'm not the committee. I can't really speak 100% on that. Anyway, we do know that two teams are playing for a championship, though, right now. And that's the Phillies, who, Justin, you were at the game where they advanced to the I, World I, Series. I was, in, I was in Philly when they advanced, and Broad Street and Xfinity Live was absolutely incredible. It was, I've never experienced anything like it. And you have the Astros on the other side, who I've watched the entirety of that ALCS series as a Yankee fan. Heartbreaking for me, but do you think your Phillies have a chance? I mean, if I was picking with my head, I would say the Astros because they are undefeated, like we said. They're, they've gone 7-0 and this postseason, but I'm picking with my heart, and I got the Phillies. I mean, the Phillies, their 1-2 combo, Nola, has been really, really good. He did have one poor game against San Diego. He has a 3-12 ERA, and he averages six strikeouts a game. Wheeler's been absolutely dominant, 1.78 ERA over 25 innings, 25 strikeouts. The bullpen, which was, I thought, their weakness their entire year, has been terrific. Jose Alvarado, fantastic. Sir Anthony Dominguez has been sensational, even though he had that really bad wild pitch in Game 5. And, not to add, there's not really any weaknesses when I look at the Phillies lineup. 7-8-9, you got Bryson Stott, Gene Segura, Brandon Marsh. Like, that is absolutely killer if you're any other opposing team. Plus... This goes without saying, the Phillies have the best player in the World Series right now. Bryce Harper is just on a tear. Like, that home run, legacy building. That is a legacy home run. No one's ever going to forget that. And, I mean, I like that the Phillies are the underdogs because, you know, in 2017, there was a pretty special team in Philadelphia who everybody counted out and ended up winning the uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Super Bowl. So, this, this is a city who is built on underdogs. Put on those masks, baby. Phillies are going it all the way. I will say this. The Astros are probably the best, the better team. Oh, yeah. By a lot. But that doesn't matter in playoff no, baseball. Exactly. Where, where the Yankees slipped up is, one, their contact hitting, hitting was awful. That has to maybe had to do something with LeMayhew and Benintendi being out. but Or it has to do with the Astros being the better baseball. I don't... Not necessarily, because <laughs> I think that's just a t- not be necessarily. A <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that the contact hitting wasn't there. The Yankees have been a team for the past, honestly, in their entire history that's relied on the long ball. Let's be honest, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that wasn't there. Right now, the Phillies have Schwarber and they have Bryce Harper, who are absolutely crushing the baseball. Yep. I don't know what what's your contact hitting look like because. If you guys can get that started, then you do have the big bats that are hot right now. That's your key to victory right there. I mean, besides Bryce Harper, Reese Hoskins, he's got five home runs as well. His average has been 182 this playoff, so he's been relying on the long ball as well. I'm not talking about the home runs. I'm talking about getting on base, getting those doubles, those 
The singles well, even, just the regular base hits that well, are going to put guys in scoring position. I feel like that's going to be all relied on the bottom half of the lineup because I feel like the top half of the lineup very much is power, 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 let's get those home runs. And then the bottom half of the lineup, like the Gene Segura, the Bryce Stott, the Brandon Marsh, uh, the Alec Bohm, who's been very underrated in my opinion. I think that's where they're going to have to rely on getting those doubles. And ke- honestly, the wild card is Castellanos because he had a terrific game one against... Uh, Atlanta, and I haven't heard anything about him since. So I feel like the top of the lineup is where you're going to get your power. Bottom of the lineup is where you're going to get your runners. I think pivoting to the Astros really quickly because I agree with you both. The Astros are the better team here, but that doesn't mean they're going to win the series. And and if there's a team that's built to take them down, I think the Phillies have it in their in what they've shown in their in their resilience and in in beating the Padres that was a great series by the way um for those those in-depth baseball fans like serious serious baseball fans no but more sort of I'm gonna tune in for the playoffs type baseball fans I think what's interesting about the Astros you think about them as the team that cheated and they are, they are the team that cheated. But I think what goes under the radar because of that is that they're one of the best organizations in sports. Yep. And the way that they've the way that they've built this team from the ground up. I mean, the Dodgers get credit for it. Um, whether it's roster whether it's roster building from the farm system or or from trading, the Astros have built an an incredible organization that's sustainable. They lose guys, they bring them back with Jordan Alvarez, maybe the best DH in the league. Um, Pena. Pena, Pena. Yeah. I mean, literally, their entire roster is is guys that they've brought up from 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 nothing. And you look at the the Astros and then the Braves who won it last year and will probably be con- perennial uh, perennial contenders for the next what decade. Yep. Uh, the Astros should need to get that credit they deserve because there's a reason they're in the World Series every year. And maybe they won that year because they cheated. But the reason they're around every single year is because of this team that they've created. Um, it's sustainable. It's here for the long haul. Uh, maybe the Phillies take them down this year, but the Astros are one of the best organizations in sports um, and deserve that recognition. Absolutely. That's a great note to end on. I'll be watching the series. I probably won't be too happy about it, but I'll be tuning in. Uh, thank you for tuning into this edition of Three Rounds. Once again, I'm Michael Fimafredo, joined by Ben Cohen and Justin Patrill. We'll see you next week. Thank you.